The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I am Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting across from me is the future first female GM in NHL history and best friend in the world, Rachel Dory. Because let me tell you all, what Rachel has d- did for me this morning, the, just out of nowhere. Because you, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I'm a big movie guy. Love going to the movies on my own. That's my number one pastime. I, that's like it's it's my therapy, and other than other than actual therapy, and I I, I ba- I'm you know doing work and I get a, an email from Rachel where she has gifted me my first movie. Now that movie theaters are opening back up again. She's gifted me my first movie, so I'll be able to go and see I've probably Fast and Furious 9, because that's like the only movie that's out right now, for, uh, for free. It is the greatest gift anyone could ever give me. Thank you so much, Rachel. How you doing today? Uh, Rachel, Rachel's cracking, cracking a, I believe it's a, what, a hard green tea, hard Arizona green tea? It is, yeah. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> That's how everything decided to happen today. Everything it was, this was, and when this was we the busiest day. picked up on FaceTime, what did you say mm-hmm. to me? <laughs> I was like, oh, you've been through it. <laughs> I, my hair currently, like if you've seen the movie, the lion King, that is my mm-hmm. current hairdo right now. Like it, oh, if, you, if you've seen the movie something. flubber, yes, with, actually. Uh, with Robin Williams, that you, you are, you're rocking the flubber do right now. The flubber cut. Yeah, it's, um, it it has been a day. (laughs) I am living in a society. That is for sure. Finally. You're finally realizing that we truly do live in a society. Um, Like so much so, I am just realizing I had breakfast this morning and I have not eaten since. Damn. It's it's a shame you're not over here tonight because I'm making my, my famous... Uh, truffle sausage pasta, not with truffles. Okay, I, I live I'm, literally eight hundred meters away. LOL, jokes on. Well, you. it's all it's all for me. It's all mine. Wow. No one else can have any. Um, no, but it, this was truly the craziest uh, day of hockey news in a long time. It's not even just the the volume of things; it's the absurdity of things Honestly, that happened. Like is the, this the, the most ridiculous day of hockey news since like the Stamkos? It was one for one. Stu Subban. Yeah. Uh, one Taylor Hall. Yeah, that was like the day after my grandfather's heart attack, and it was like probably oh the best distraction ever. Yeah, I can't imagine. Even though I was like in Mexico and I was just like scrolling, I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? Because my phone is just like pew 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 pew. I was working for Samsung at the time. I was running a marketing campaign for them, and I saw this news. And literally, like on the clock, I took my work laptop into. They had these little like rooms in the in the campus um, where it was like where it's like a focus room go in and it's all like you, you can if you need to do like a conference call or something but the i wasn't doing a conference call focus room exactly <laughs> see i wasn't doing a conference call i took my laptop in there so i could listen to french call-in radio um <laughs> after the suban trade 
And let me tell you, it was incredible. But I wasn't gonna do that at my desk. It was it was amazing. And this today was like obviously we're gonna we're gonna cover Pierre Maguire getting hired. Um, now the thing about Duncan Keith is that he was also traded, but that trade alone deserves an entire podcast. So what we're gonna do, or like more like we're not lumping Maguire and Keith into the same podcast. Like that's just no not exactly. Fair. We're, it deserves a deep dive of its own. So what we're gonna do and this in the this in the biz is what we call a tease. Bless you, Rachel. This in the biz is what we call a tease. Is we're going to do a deep dive on the Keith trade, everything involving it, next episode. And we highly so recommend that before you listen to the the next episode, you listen to the other episode where I went on for 15 minutes about yeah. Doug and Keith. And I actually, like, I had so many people text me about that today. I was just like... <sighs> you really did play devil's advocate there because you have a completely different opinion on what most people... Um, yep. What most people have with it. But anyway, let's hop That's into Friday. some quick... Uh, that is right. Let's talk into some quick Euro news because I was Italian for a day. Baba da boopy, mamma mia. <laughs> the it, the Italians are, it's it's coming. It's coming. Rome is what I heard it a is lot. Coming no, it's coming Rome. home. Um, a little. So what's funny? Just a quick aside from that. What's funny is, so my dad and I we have like a tradition every Sunday where you know we because we used to go out to this place that's on College to get wings. It was our spot. So I used to live in Kensington Market right around the corner. And so I'm like, and so because, you know, only now it's starting to open up again. It's only outdoor dining. So what we've done through all of quarantine is we is we've either Uber eats it or he's gone to pick it up on his way there because on his way from because we hang out every Sunday. So he picks up wings every Sunday. Now, the thing is that bar is uh, it's on college <laughs> and we hang out every Sunday. And so nope. <laughs> what? And what seemed to happen, and usually we hang out every Sunday around, you know, 5, 6 p.m., which is just so happens when the when the Euro final ended. So he basically oh, yeah. went through a war zone to get those wings on Sunday. So I want to give a shout out to my dad, number one. Italy is is the Euro uh, 2021 Euro, cha- Euro was, Cup uh, champions. I was in Little Italy last night. And yeah. Because that's where I, I used to live, right? Mamma mia. And... Um, a lot of my friends are Italian and um, my family friend, like one of my dad's best friends, uh, he was born in Italy. He tragically passed away like a couple of months ago, but like he would have just loved this. Like he was like one of the first people I thought of uh, when mm-hmm. this is all kind of going down. And I'm like, I basically, I consider his two kids my cousins. Like we're, we're so tight. Um, but yeah, so England, like I said, last podcast are the Leafs of, Soccer. So much so. They leafed it. They had a 2-1 lead in penalty kicks, which is the equivalent of having a 2-1 lead with 30 seconds left. I can't believe... I didn't I didn't actually watch the game. I'm going to be Ex- straight up Okay, with you, so anyways, but- they ended up losing. But there were a couple of black players who missed penalty kicks and a mm-hmm. couple of them shouldn't even have been put in the position to begin with because they were too young and inexperienced and like guys like Raheem Sterling and Jack Grealish probably should have taken the penalties but the Saka is that a name Bakayo Saka yeah and Marcus yeah. Rashford so and the other one is Jaden Sancho Marcus Rashford by the way who has been honored by her majesty the queen for services to the community because he spent his entire pandemic campaigning and raising money and awareness so that um, less fortunate school children wouldn't go hungry because the British Parliament refused to continue like um, meals, like school meals for them. 
So like kids mm-hmm. were going hungry. So Marcus Rashford was like, fuck this. And I'm going to do it myself. And he did. And he actually got like recognized by the queen for it. So technically he is Sir Marcus Rashford. God damn. And he's was getting racially abused by people. There were monkey emojis. The N word was flying around like genuinely horrendous stuff. And I have to say. The response from the English national team and the players and the captain and the media people has been extremely heartwarming. Harry Kane, who is one of the best soccer players in the world and is the captain of England, put out a statement today talking about how those three stepped up. It took immense courage. And if you are racist towards them, you're not a fan of England and quote, we don't want you. Was there not also like a riot or something at Wembley? Uh, okay, so like I saw, do you know what I saw footage of is? a child getting punched in the face? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what hooliganism <laughs> is? Yes. Okay, it's so when people act spawned, like hooligans. It spawned from English soccer. That's where it came from. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's because like there were literally there were two images. I will spare you. I did not retweet them. I will spare you the. Um, pictures but i will describe them one guy had a flare between his ass cheeks before the yeah, game I saw that. and the other guy was standing on top of a car with an england flag ass naked dick out Butt naked yeah, and I, I so what was great about that is there's a great tweet that i saw where it is um like it's a, it's a it's a basically a picture of a of like a, an Italian statue, like marble statue <laughs> in that same pose. And then side by side and being like Italian culture, England culture. And I sent it to the Dangle Navy group chat and I almost, they almost booted me for doing that. Okay. So anyways, they ended up like, there was a bunch of, and people tried to break into Wembley to like get to the game, which is like a, a lunatic thing to do. And then of course, because there is a subsection of English fans that are horribly racist, clearly, um, mm-hmm. basically if you were not white and male, like they made your life a living hell in that stadium. Like it's damn, it's awful. Um, and it's been condemned by pretty much every single high ranking media member, including former national team players. Like I will say this, they have done a, a really good job of, of taking a strong stance on this. Um, and it's good to see that these guys teammates came out and really, really supported them. Their coach came out, called it unacceptable and disgusting. Um, but yeah. Because well, it is. It is. Um, and also, Italy won, and that means Rachel won a lot of money. Now that is a spicy meatball. It is. Good for, good for, good for Italy, man. We all, like, I think it's funny. Everyone was... Everyone was cheering for Italy. I don't know if there was a single other than Mitch Marner who was cheering for England. Everybody so. that wasn't English was cheering for Italy because everyone is so sick and tired of listening to English people say it's coming home. As Casper Schmeichel said, it's never actually been home. <laughs> Hasn't it not come home since like 1960? I think it was 1966. Five years. Yeah. It's one year before the Leafs yeah. last cup. And like. Which is a long time. It's it's like bad like remember what i said last podcast if there is any team that can find a way to bungle being the huge favorites it's england remember when i said that yeah so that's exactly what happened um and like to be fair like fair play to italy they were the better team the whole game so like they did deserve to win that um but that's that let's move on to mm-hmm. shit that made oh me angry today <laughs> pierre Maguire is back is he i okay this is 
Pierre Maguire is being hired by the by the Ottawa Senators as the uh, as their senior vice president of player development. Now, I want to. I'm definitely not going to take a devil's advocate stance on this. I think this is so. I have a question. Fucking garbage. Yeah. Is this actually good because it spares all of us from hearing yeah. him on television anymore? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's one thing. Another thing I was going to say, and I said this in uh, in a video for work today. Pierre Maguire shouldn't be working in hockey. And we're going to get into the, into the deep dive. Like he has his entire, his, his entire like, like list of credentials in hockey is embarrassing. Like if you look at his actual experience in hockey is embarrassing. So it, it, it like, and I have some great quotes, uh, you know, lined up for that. But if you are, if someone is holding you at gunpoint and you have to hire and saying you have to hire Pierre Maguire to your hockey club, I think the job where he focuses entirely on like young hockey players and minor hockey is probably the best one. Like I think I think there's less to do with analytics when it comes to that. I think it's like, I don't think it's knowing, development though. I think it's like literally just like scout. Well, it says player development. No, but what I'm saying is is like you're describing like if this is the best role for him. No, no, no. I'm saying like it should just be scout. He's not developing yeah, but even anything. Then, even then it's like Pierre Maguire is but just I've seen this in New Jersey like we have scouts we never listened to like just throw him in the corner and off we go is my point or just like don't hire him at all <laughs> they're like the money ball scouts you know like he's got an ugly girlfriend ugly girlfriend means low confidence they're like you know he's, he's that guy's a real fireball you know he walks in a room his dick's already been there for two minutes like you know that that kind of wow. stuff which I think is have you not that's one of the greatest lines in cinema history oh, from Moneyball. yeah I love Moneyball and uh, I have an ongoing joke with uh, with somebody that's pretty high up in hockey about that movie. We send gifts back from that movie back and forth almost every day. Everything that Pierre Maguire seems to believe about in scouting is a lot like the... Like, it just reminds me so much of the scout in Moneyball that tried to fight Billy Bean before he got fired. Yes. And... It's just look. It, it, I'm glad that we that we don't have to, like you said. I'm glad we don't have to listen to Pierre Maguire anymore. We're never gonna have to hear this guy. Rachel's making a really weird face right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm bookmarking something for the podcast on oh terrific on, on uh, Friday. <laughs> oh, can't wait. But it but like what, what's great is we'll never have to hear him do his his you know weekly radio hit where he gets everyone riled up about not liking Apparently analytics. Apparently, he's still gonna continue on radio though. What? But it's just gonna be like in his role with the senators. I don't know. I feel like I read that somewhere. That might be wrong. But like, please God, no. No, I think it was. I think it was Julian Julian McKenzie saying like this is his last radio hit. Like it, today is going to be his last radio hit as you know a media member. Oh, and okay. anyone any ones that he fuck. does in the future will be in his role as. So I, I I don't think it was like confirming that he's gonna you know do it. But either way, this is this is perplexing. Like th- like he nothing in Pierre Maguire's repertoire, nothing in his resume, I would say, suggests that he has ever succeeded in any other than other than being an assistant coach for the 1992 Stanley Cup winning. Um, no, Pittsburgh he Penguins. has succeeded in like two things. What? Um, knowing more about people than they know about themselves. Yeah, Pierre Maguire. Trivia I said this today King. on Twitter. Trivia King. I s- I said this today on Twitter. Pierre Maguire knows when you were born and he knows when you will die. Also, the second thing, making people horribly uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember that Rob Ray clip when he's on the uh, he's on the bench and they're doing a hit and Pierre Maguire is like in this crazy like animated animated scene and he goes to grab Rob Ray's arm and Rob Ray <laughs> looks horrified and they they remix it in a you know history will be made thing where they do the the slow-mo black and white in rewind in like that's in still reverse. like no, it's no, inc- the, when he said to darren detition you're an announcer oh with my a god long stick. oh my god I... and he's like two inches away from his face when he said he's way too close to him anyways okay oh my god yeah my favorite too is when he straight up like had an orgasm on national television when dustin dakarski made it <laughs> He was like, oh, oh my god! Like I, we, oh, I, I. Anytime someone makes a huge save in NHL, I do that. Like it's, it's remark. There's so many, you know, R- Rachel. Like, I had so I had an accidental. Rachel, Pierre Maguire got hired. Can you believe it? I can. Because Kulikin iced the puck. Yes, Kulikin did ice the puck. <laughs> um, yeah, is magical play. Anyway, continue. Sorry. I met Pierre Maguire one time. Yep, I did. Please enlighten us on this story. I've been waiting all day <laughs> to hear this. I thought I knew all of your stories, and this is one that I've never heard in all this our years of friendship. Been in the chamber for three and a half years. Enlighten me. I've been waiting with bated breath. Okay, so essentially, um, I got flown to New Jersey, and the Devils. PJ, it was, private jet. Uh, no, I was like in the oh. back row of economy class in the middle seat. Um, in hindsight, I should have just paid for my own flight and like, it would have been more comfortable. Um, okay. So I flew to New Jersey. I was doing like the live interview process over a couple of days and it ended, uh, December 23rd, uh, the devils were playing the Blackhawks and, uh, I was watching the game with like, I got it obviously invited to be a part of it, whatever the case may be. Um, We've talked about the Lou Lamorello suite on this podcast before, yep. where it like just stays dark. Um, Pierre Maguire was in town, and um, he is one of Ray's closest friends. Um, mm. I believe they met at St. Lawrence, actually. Um, Ray Shiro. Yeah. When we say Ray on this podcast, that's what it's we Ray mean. Shiro. Um, anyways, so he was like, oh, I want you to meet one of my really good friends, Pierre Maguire. Immediately, all that all I could think about was I can, like that's yeah. all I could think about, and so I was like, oh, this you know what, this is pretty cool. Like this guy's infamous. Like that's that's pretty cool. Like okay, cool. So uh, game comes, um, and Ray walks me to the Lou Lamorello suite. It is literally labeled Lou Lamorello, so I was kind of like, uh, you said it was Pierre Maguire, and that sign says Lou Lamorello. So. I guess by this point, Ray had told Pierre that he was hiring me. And, but Ray hadn't told me. And so I go into the box. It's the first period. Um, Ray introduces me and he goes, I'll leave you guys to chat. So it's literally just me and Pierre in a box. And we just start talking. We're, he's asking me like a couple of things. And then he's like, yeah, like, I know you worked in Sudbury and then you wrote for The Athletic and I saw you on the ice in Toronto. And then I was like, whoa, okay. Like, this whole I know everything about everything shtick is not even a shtick. Like, he, 
probably couldn't even pick me out of a lineup, and he knew all of that stuff to rhyme it off, like, boom, 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 in chronological order. I was literally about to make a joke along those lines. Like, when he met you, would be like, hello, Rachel, born in, you know, Richmond Hill, Ontario, you know, mother of, or daughter of Karen, like, all, no, but he actually basically did that. <laughs> yeah, the best part about the whole thing was, like, um... We were talking and da 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 da, and like for whatever reason, uh, it was Patrick Kane. Uh, he asked what number I wore in hockey because I told him I, I had played hockey, like whatever, and I said I wore mm-hmm. eighty eight. Um, whatever, that came up, and then um, he like looks me dead in the face. He goes, "Wasn't your favorite player growing up Mike Johnson?" And I was like, "Oh my okay, god, whoa. how did he know this?" I I'm like, "All right, I may have tweeted that one time at that point, like." I was like, all right, that's a little nuts. Um, but anyways, we were talking, going back and forth. And I just like, like this guy knows everything about me. Like, I feel like he's going to tell me where I live. And, uh, so he was, he was really nice though. Um, he spoke really highly of the devils and, uh, he's like, oh yeah. Like Ray loves, um, different perspectives. And I don't know if he's really into all that analytic garbage, but, I mean, I guess we'll see if you can change his mind. And I was like, okay. All right, this is where this is going. I was like, ah, we'll see. I'm just kind of like here to help in whatever way they need me. And da-da-da-da-da. We're just talking. And he's like, I could tell John Hines is going to love you. You really know your stuff. Just just keep it to the hockey stuff, though. We don't really need the numbers. And I'm just like, oh, my God. This is like not even a public straw man thing. Like, he is legitimately like this. So I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, all right, we're watching the game. And um, uh, it was Travis Zajac. And uh, Travis Zajac was playing on a line with Miles Wood and Blake Coleman, I think. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. I knew it's Zajac and Wood at least. And uh, Miles Wood makes a play, takes a hit along the boards, makes the play. It gets out to Zajac. Um, and Zajac makes like a crucial clear because New Jersey had kind of been like hemmed in their end for quite a while. And he's like, you see that? Yeah. You can't measure that. That is all heart taking a hit to oh make a play there. God. And then he gets it to Zajac, the right guy, and out it goes. And in my head, I was like, actually, you can. It's called a zone exit. Oh, my God. But I didn't say that. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know much about Miles Wood, but I know Travis Zajac. He's heart and soul guy. I mean, Lou Amarello loves him, so that's... That's a pretty good endorsement from from that perspective in terms of how you conduct yourself. And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy's all heart, good Manitoba boy. And I was just like, oh, God. But it's like, I don't know. And then at some point during the conversation, it was probably the second period, um, he kind of let it slip that Ray was going to hire me. So at that point, mm-hmm. I knew I was getting hired because he's like, Ray's super excited to have you on board. At this point, I hadn't even been presented with an offer. I hadn't said yes, like nothing. Um, he's like, yeah, Ray's super excited to have you on board and you're going to be a great part of this. And, and there's there's a great department going on up there that, that they're building. You're going to be a key part of that. And I was like, oh, thanks for saying that. Like, I really appreciate that. Like, that's a really nice thing to say. So I appreciated that. And then uh, off I went and... Um, I went to uh, another member of management after the game. And this person says to me, so how was that? And I was like, eye-opening, interesting. I learned a lot. And, and he just looks at me and he goes, I bet you did. And I'm like, oh, God, why do you do this oh to me? Oh, my God. And then literally, like, midnight Christmas Eve, Ray writes my offer on 
the back of a napkin. That's that's like the businessman move right there. <laughs> and hands it to me, and I'm kind of like, whoa. Okay, so I knew this was coming because Pierre had said that. So Pierre was actually the one that told me I was getting the job. Incredible. And he managed to know everything about you and, and like... Man, the guy knew I had a brother and a sister. <laughs> He did everything. He did everything that he's like known for. Yeah. Like he did. He knew everything about you. Like he it was. It's not about, an act. And I think people think it's an act. It is not an act. He is legitimately like this. Like within the same sent. Like within the same meeting. Like he, like, basically, like spilled leaked information. Basically, <laughs> yeah. he he knew everything about you and like listed it off. And then he, and then he talked shit about analytics. <laughs> Like he did everything that he, he he's so 24 seven on brand. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was my experience with Peter McGuire. Um, and then I remember like he gave me his phone number and was like, hey, if you need anything, just like reach out. I remember I, when I found out he got cancer, I reached out to him and just said like all the best. I'm thinking of you. And he got back. Mm-hmm. He's like, Hey, uh, I really appreciate that. I, I heard it didn't go so well in New Jersey. You'll find somewhere else. Don't worry. Keep your head up. So it was like a really nice thing. Like he, I'm honestly, like my impression was he seems like a really nice guy. He just like comes off as like, I know more than your stalker should about you. Well, yeah, I think, I think his whole, I think he's got some like social cues that he might not be able to pick up on. Like you don't like, he's the guy he's, it's like every time he meets someone, it's like he went, it's like going on a first date where you've stalked them on social media and you accidentally let slip something that like is way too far back on their Instagram that you shouldn't have known. Right. Like, oh yeah. Like how, and yeah, so I know you, I know you have a great aunt Helen and they're like, how the fuck, how do you know I have a great aunt Helen? It's like, oh, I don't. That was just a lucky guess when meanwhile, like 238 weeks late, like weeks ago on Instagram, like when you're that deep scrolling, you, you, you took a picture with your great aunt and that's just seared into your brain. Like he's that. Someone literally liked an Instagram photo that was like one of the first ones I ever posted. And I was like, OK, that's a little weird. I did. I tell you, I've told you about the I've told the story in the podcast of the of the the player, the player in Toronto who, while I was dating my ex-girlfriend, yes. liked all of her pictures and then all of my pictures with her in it yes, on, you did, on you Christmas did Eve. Yeah. And I was wondering, what is the point of that? Like, what is what is you your end game here? But and plot anyway, points. incredible. Let's go to plot points. Trending up is trending down. Trending up is the lightnings. I don't give a fuck per 60, which is huge. And also, I guess they're just. Their blood alcohol content oh is, is skyrocketing. So let's let's run through the list of things that they you know the litany of uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like gallivanting they've done. So at the parade, which was held today, Jan Ruda is wearing a Marion Gabrick shirt, and that is significant because Marion Gabrick was one of the dead contracts essentially that, that the they Tampa acquired Bay to help acquired. them get more LTIR. <laughs> and speaking of LTAR and being $18 million million over the cap, Dan Milstein, Russian super agent, is getting all who he represents, you know, Kucherov and Vasilevsky, basically any Russian player in the league. Yeah, Kucherov, Sergachev, Vasilevsky, um, Ilya Mikheyev in Toronto, Nikita Zaitsev, Artem Zub. Like, honestly. All those guys. Like, I think the only massive Russian he doesn't represent is Ovechkin. Does he represent Kovalchuk? He did represent Kovalchuk, yeah. He did or he. 
does. Kolchuk is not in the NHL anymore. No, but he's still in professional hockey. Like he's yeah, but I'm talking NHL players. I don't give a shit. Oh about yeah, yeah, else. yeah. And um, oh, that, I think the only reason why he's not representing Ovechkin is because Ovechkin represents himself. Right. That's it. But so <laughs> Milstein is getting all of his clients to wear 18 million over the cap shirts, which is incredible. I need one of those. Speaking of that, Kucherov and Vasilevsky are now sponsored by Bud Light, which yeah. is a a dream of mine. They're living my dream, which is terrific. It is incredible. And on to, to top that off, I just saw the picture that I so Well, wait a minute. So Bud Light sponsors Vasilevsky and Kucherov and sends Milstein, Vladdy Specter, who's kind of Milstein's right-hand guy, mm-hmm. um, Sergachev, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, all number one bullshit shirts with Kucherov chugging the Bud Light in there. Like, I have got my hands on one of those, and when it gets here, I will be wearing that because oh, that is goddamn incredible. Um, well done to Dan Milstein because that's a huge marketing opportunity that he took advantage of and made more money for his clients. That guy's a brilliant agent. Yeah, like think about what he did with uh, with with Mikheyev and Soup. Like he said, it, people were like, you know, yeah. it became like a little running Twitter Twitter joke. Oh, Mikheyev likes Soup. Ha ha. And he, Campbell's. And he turned him into the chief soup operator or chief soup officer in Canada. That's literally his his title in the brand, in the in the brand campaign that he has. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. It's brilliant stuff by Dan Milstein. That's that's what when you're a good agent, like that's the kind of stuff you get. And right? the lightning and so also dented the shit out of the Stanley Cup too. If you look at a picture on Twitter, it is essentially concave. It is hilarious. So they're having a great time, and ju- as as much as they should. Like that's amazing. Now trending up as well. The discourse. Let me oh, tell you. The discourse, baby. We have, we we have had some discourse. Um, man, we have had. So, Twitter today has been not even nuclear. Like I don't know what's after that. It's been like an atomic bomb was dropped. So let's let's run through uh, let's run through some stuff. So McGuire McGuire. This is essentially people were talking about Pierre McGuire's um, takes. Because it kind of goes to show. So actually, here let's let's let me let me preface it with this. So Sean Simpson, TSN Simmer, as he is, um, really weird guy on Twitter to be honest. He he gets he subscribes according to somebody I trust that knows him well. He yeah. subscribes to the Two Hundred Hockey Men magazine. Uh, on oh a yeah, weekly basis. Yeah. At, well, you can tell because. Um, he essentially like tweeted out something to the effect of like, how do you like if you've never played the game, like how do you, how do you know who is qualified to run an organization? And so to which I responded, I don't know, just by watching them exist, because okay, this so is you don't need to be a chef to recognize a burnt steak. Exactly. Exactly. You don't need, I don't to, be need to be a firefighter to know when a house is on fire. You know, I don't need to be like a mortician to look at, you know, to not uh, to be like morbid, but I don't need to be a paramedic. To know when I gotta give someone CPR. Yeah, and so like, what? You and can so essentially, figure it out. Yeah, and so essentially, what? What? That that was his. I think that's his stance of like defending Pierre Maguire, and so that leads perfectly into this because people went. I don't know, just by watching his opinions and his the way he does stuff. And then the best was people like, were talking. The best was when he goes, "Do you have names of somebody who would be better?" And it, off the top of my head, I'm like, I have probably a hundred. I have one sitting across from me right now. Like, come <laughs> Thank on. You. Well, but like, it's so- and then someone said to me, they're like, uh, well, he was the best media guy. And immediately I no, was like, wasn't. Mike and Ray exist. 
This is Ray Ferraro, by the way, not Ray Shiro. Ray Ferraro, Mike Johnson, AJ Malesko would be another fantastic one. Kevin Bieksa would be better than Pierre Maguire. Absolutely. Let me let me just Bru- mark something down right here. Pierre Maguire is like Pierre Maguire has set hockey broadcasting back decades. He is horrible at what he does. He would be better in a studio talking, but his like his. He has ruined so many sports moments. It is not, he is not the best media guy. He is very bad at being a media guy. And there, it, go on YouTube, there are compilations of it. So let me just put that out there. I'm sure, look, you've, you've met Pierre Maguire. I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world. But we're not talking about whether he's the nicest guy in the world. He's not being paid by Ottawa to be the nicest guy in the world. And he's not taking a job away from someone who's more qualified right now to, because he's the nicest guy in the world. So let's look at his, his past takes. One of his takes was that, that Vancouver won the Good Branson for, for Jared McCann trade, which, which is, is pa- no. patently false. <laughs> Off the top of your head, tell me what team Good Branson's on right now. Uh, Ottawa. Nope. Anaheim? Nope. I have no fucking clue. He's on the Predators. <laughs> there you go. Boom. You can All tell right. me what team Jared McCann's on right now, right? Penguins. Exactly, because he's a good player. Yeah. So that's patently false. Saying McDavid, <laughs> saying McDavid has to play to play defense, better defense after McDavid put together his best defensive season. This was another okay. one, which is which was just remarkable to hear. Was um, this and this was a recent one too. This was this like a couple weeks this ago. Was this year, it was a couple weeks ago where he goes on radio and says Dale Talon has done great things to the Florida Panthers. Oh no no that one the Dale Talon one was years ago the McDavid one was recent. Let's just no, clarify. the Dale Talon one was just happened. No, no, no. The Dale Talon one was the, I looked at the tweet mark. It was 2012. And then he no, but then he said it again. That like re, I remember recent like recently he was on. He said if you look at Dale Talon and all the great things he did with the Panthers, like he said Dear that God in passing. Here. Yeah, and then and so you have the this, luxury of hindsight at that point. To preface this. Uh, you know, Pierre like contacted Carey Price after he said this. He said I didn't mean to. Carey Price forgave and all that. But after after Carey Price was drafted fifth overall by the uh, by the Habs, um, Maguire, Carey Price of Indigenous. Yes. First of all, descent. Pierre Maguire like lambasted that pick. If you if you watch that the oh, clip, yeah. he's like, "What the hell are the the Canucks doing?" So like maybe this, he's that, not whatever. The best talent evaluator. I don't know what to tell. Yeah, you. maybe. And I, uh, it seems like that's gonna be a big portion of his job. So that might not be great. But then he he also went to go say this pick is completely off the reservation, and uh, uh, you know, Carey Price is is in, of indigenous. indigenous. So that's uh, that's a little you know poor choice of of words there. It just seems like. Pierre, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the fact. I know that he's been in front of a, a camera and a microphone for so long. For a guy like, that's been in front of a camera as long as he has, which is as long as I've been alive, he 96. should know better. Well, he yeah. has some of the worst foot in mouth disease I think I've ever seen. Like this guy puts his foot in his mouth like weekly, daily maybe, and he does and. He just part. He just signifies like a part a, a part of hockey discourse that we should be that is holding the sport back. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, and now knowing that he's going to be like a big decision maker and a big voice of influence in an, in a Canadian team, like in an organization, one that has one that is filled with a lot of young players that that could potentially be ruined. Um, it's just it's 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 it's, uh, it's nerve wracking, but 
let me just tell you, the content is tremendous. I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. I am so oh, excited. Oh, God, the con. Like, even what he said today when he was asked about analytics, like, talking about how it's going to replace, like, there's nothing that can replace boots on the ground. No one is fucking saying that it has to replace anything. The moral of the story here is you can use both. Yeah. I know it's weird. Rachel. But you can use both. What is, what is, a, what is one of the statements that we sell merch of? Analytics are salad, and scouting now, is soup. It's because if you walked into someone's house and they were eating straight salad dressing, you'd go, that person's a crazy person. If you walked into someone's house and they were just eating dry lettuce, you'd go, hey, that person's a crazy person. But when you walk in and you see them eating a salad, which is both of those ingredients combined, you go, wow, that's a well-adjusted person who's probably getting a nice, nutritious meal. Analytics are salad. It is not that hard to put together. Pierre Maguire is, uh, for those of you who have seen Land Before Time, he is uh, Littlefoot, mm-hmm. and he only eats, or no, he's Sp- Spike, only eats lettuce. Yeah, it is, it's just... It's not good. Also trending down, uh, mm-hmm. the sense credibility. How the fuck is that even possible? It shouldn't be, but it is. They actually had, I was talking to an Ottawa media member, they actually had an opportunity with this hire, or just hiring an assistant general manager, that could have brought immense credibility. You think of somebody like Mike Fuda. Guys won a Calder Cup, two Stanley Cups, and I believe an OHL championship, um, a U18, like, he's got, there's a lot of rings happening there, right? Mm -hmm. He has a track record of drafting and development look at la's prospect system right now it's consistently ranked in the top two in the league that's not an accident right so they had an opportunity let's say to bring somebody like him in right holy hell you bring i bet you if you called up mike johnson he probably would have at least considered the opportunity for sure right i mean think about the people that are available right now micah mccurdy Another guy that, from an analytics perspective, could have been brought in, right? There's, there are people that are available that would have heightened the credibility here. And they have managed to hire the talisman of the anti-analytics hockey men argument. Mm-hmm. Like... That is, I'm, I don't know a single sense fan that's happy right now. Not one. And usually like when something happens, there's a divided, there's like, oh, you know what? I like this or I don't know. I don't like that. Not a single sense fan I know or have seen on Twitter is happy about this. That is very hard to do. It's hard to do when like, what, it's hard to alienate both the eye test and the analytics crowds at the same time. Literally, I actually, it just came to me. The only worse hire they could make. Mike Milbury. I would say like. Bill I think Cosby. Peter Shirelli <laughs> is literally no. I'm saying like in hockey. I think Peter yeah. Shirelli would be better suited for the job than Pierre Maguire, and that is yeah. Because at least Peter Shirelli has like won something at, while in charge of a team. Yeah. Like it might have been like a decade ago, but still, like Pierre Maguire. Like and we'll get into this in the deep dive, but I want to say again, like Pierre Maguire has never been a part of a like being in charge of a successful team. He only coached one year in the NHL, and it was 
the epitome, <laughs> potentially the most embarrassing coaching tenure. If you in find the Jeff Jacobs hockey. article, it's going I have around it. on Twitter. Yeah, like I have a quote that I want to read. We've had bits and pieces of it on this podcast before. It is the single most scathing article written about one of the hockey men in history. It makes it makes the um, it makes the Mike the Russo Paul Fenton piece look like a puff piece. It really like it, does. It, it's seri- like, and I'm not exaggerating with that. So actually, let's let's hop into that now. So before we hop into our deep dive, quick word from our sponsor. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo! Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash blue wire, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash blue wire right now. That's shopify.com slash blue wire. All right, so let's let's talk about this. So let's go through the press conference that happened today no, which it was, happened. now anytime you can get both dorian and melnick in front of a mic that's what you need so i have a question did you oh, watch the presser i didn't know oh i was okay, too busy mind. writing the million different fucking articles i had to write okay so dorian says pierre reports to me okay so normally having been in an nhl front office I can tell you that the director of player development usually reports to the AHL GM, which is the assistant GM. Mm -hmm. Decidedly not the GM. So like our director of player development in New Jersey reported to Tom Fitzgerald when he was the AGM. Okay. So like that's usually how that works. It's like I don't know of any other team where the director of player development reports to the GM. So that doesn't show a great sort of peer, like power pyramid, if you will, you know, like doesn't seem a great sort of hierarchy. Now, what was great is the link. They also don't have an AGM, if I recall. I I don't know. But there's there was some really nice linguistic choices um, that were used. Dearth. Yes, I was going to get into that. So 
Pierre Maguire then said, or not Maguire, Pierre Dorian, one of the, there are two Pierres. Uh, We're just going to use last now. names. Yeah. So Dorian says, oh, this is a no brainer to hire someone with, with such, with this dearth of experience and knowledge. Now, absolutely. I can, well, absolutely. I, I can, I can assume that it was a no brainer because someone with no brain would definitely make this hire. <laughs> number one. Okay, but can we discuss what the word dearth yes. means? So, Rachel, why don't you, why don't you uh, uh, pull up Oxford's Dictionary, or Webster's Dictionary defines dearth. What, what would you like to read us the definition? I actually don't even need bell. to pull it up because... Well, you, you know because you're a functioning human, so you know I what know this what word it means. means. It means a scarcity or lack of something. So he basically yes. said, with this lack of experience and knowledge, which is incredible, mm-hmm. he clearly meant to say something else probably wealth of knowledge and experience what's funny is that sentence it's a no-brainer to hire someone with this dearth of experience and knowledge literally means someone with no brain would have hired someone with such little knowledge and experience okay so here we go peter mctavish is the only assistant general manager in ottawa tim pattison is an analytics guy um He's the director of hockey operations. But, okay, so Pierre Maguire should be reporting to Peter McTavish then. But but he's not. But they also said that he is going to be involved in all things, pro, amateur, scouting. He sounds like basically a liaison, to which my question is then, why the fuck is he the vice president of player development? Just make him an AGM. Yeah, If you're going to give him that voice, just make him an AGM. Because now what you're doing is creating a situation where there could be undermining. Like, it's just messy. If you're going to give them an opinion in places other than player development, then make him an AGM. And if you want to hire someone for player development, Daryl Belfry exists. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty, he's probably the best at what he does. So he is. He is the best. There's no debate. Yeah. He is the best at what he does. Even Adam Nicholas, yeah. who works with Belfry. Like, holy hell. So Do just anything give Pierre Maguire the AGM title, and off we go. Let's stop this charade of absolute garbage. Now let's talk about the timeline of this. Because, this, no. because it, it, also, it also hints towards the, like the uh, I would guess, what's the word? The motives behind this? how it was birthed because this is a, this is definitely an ownership thing this is eugene melnick wanting to bring pierre Maguire in oh it is i i yeah that's that i know there's a reason also why like because it's just the hiring of like in a like this isn't a gm like for example the leafs just hired an assistant coach today they're not going to hold Dean a Chenoth. yeah they're not going to hold a press conference for it you know and, uh, and no and the owner like Larry Tannenbaum is not going to be at that press is not, if they did, he wasn't going to be talking with this press conference. And yet for, to hire a senior VP of, 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 um, player development, they, they hold this huge presser and the owner and general manager are there as well. Clearly this was Eugene Melnick wanting Pierre Maguire in the building. And they've been in discussions to do this since father's day, which is a long time. That's a father's couple day weeks ago. Yeah. Three was week, a couple weeks a half, ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Three weeks now, ago. The thing is, the guy he's going to be reporting to, the general manager, Pierre Dorian, was only involved on this five days ago. So that's a little interesting, if I do say so myself. Yep. I'm not there's surprised an- by this. And there's another note in this as well that Pierre Maguire said that Austin Watson 
Oh, no, let's not go there yet. We're not going there oh, yet. Okay, never mind. So, on the ownership thing, Hit me. I know from stuff that this was a Melnick driven thing. Um, yeah, it just makes sense. And based on what I know, I believe that Eugene actually wanted essentially Pierre to hire his, what would become his successor. Okay. Now, in typical hockey man fashion, probably didn't like that, didn't go that direction, but it speaks volumes that Dorian was only involved in the last, like, five days, and it was Melnick driving the bus for the last, like, the two and a half weeks prior. Like, that is peak dysfunction. Um, It's not good. It's also not surprising. Um, But I think that, so it's a three-year deal. I think that Dorian probably sees McGuire as less of a threat than somebody else who is more qualified. Well, yeah. You know are, you, I mean? are you intimidated by Pierre Maguire? <laughs> like, but, buddy, I'm not intimidated by Pierre Maguire. Not me. So that's the other, like, I, I think it speaks volumes of the fact that this was a Melnick driven move. And it kind of speaks to the fact that like, this wasn't Dorian's decision. This was, Melnick's decision however this notion that Pierre Maguire is going to take over the team like I listen if that happens Melnick needs to sell the team because there are so many other far more qualified individuals out there that I just I don't see how this could be the case truly I don't see how it could be the case so Sens fans I wouldn't necessarily worry about that so we've alluded to uh to Pierre Maguire's well, yeah, let's talk about as well. Pierre Maguire saying that Austin Watson is a real character player when Austin Watson, I believe it was two years ago, was in the NHL program for alcohol abuse. So that doesn't that doesn't speak poorly to someone's character. I mean, you know, every he like, also addiction, pleaded no contest to domestically yes. assaulting his girlfriend. Yeah, so I was gonna say addiction is a disease, like hundred percent. That doesn't like if someone's yeah, in the 1, alcohol thousand percent. If someone's in the alcohol, you know, uh, uh, or any or substance abuse uh, program, that doesn't speak to their character. I honestly think it speaks more if if they if they can come out of it and show recovery like 100%. somebody like Look Brian at Bobby McGratton, Ryan. Uh, Brian McGratton, uh, Bobby Ryan, Rich Clune, Zach Cassian. I actually think it speaks to their character of how like strong that they can come out of it and 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 become a better person. Like to me, that's actually a positive. The domestic assault thing, absolutely not. You suspended 18 games for it, so maybe don't go on the record by saying this is a real character player. You literally you know? could have picked anybody else. Anybody else? Like well, it, maybe you know, if outside had, of Nikita Zaitsev, you could have picked anybody else. If they had kept, uh, if they had just decided to keep Mark, you know, Boryetsky, they could have just used him, like they did in the video. Like, but you or know, like it's Brady just, Kachuk, who's just going to be the next captain, who's going like, to be the captain, or anyone else on the team, really. Like, it's just it doesn't make. I, yeah. I don't get it. Now, let's talk a little bit about McGuire's past because I think that's very important. So, yes, he was. He was, he won, like I said, he won the Stanley Cup in 1992 with the Pittsburgh Penguins as an assistant coach. And after that, he was then hired as an assistant coach for the, uh, with the, um, with the Whalers. And then like a couple months later, Paul Holmgren resigned because he felt that the locker room wasn't cohesive and wasn't buying into his message. So Holmgren resigned to become the general manager after, and Pierre Maguire, who was then, he went from assistant GM or assistant coach to general manager, then to coach. All in the span of like two years. And that coaching year, he had a 23-37-7 record. He was fired at the end of the year. And the quote, and, and 
team captain Pat Verbeek at the end of that tenure. Oh, said, Pat Verbeek. He called Pierre Maguire's. So this is this is a this is a quote from that that piece that we have referenced before the the postmortem. So the goes, Jeff a, Jacobs piece. Yes, in a blistering postmortem, Captain Pat Verbeek called Maguire's firing the best thing that could have happened to the Whalers. He said other teams mocked their coach. He said his own teammates had no respect for Maguire. He said a number of players wouldn't have wanted to play in Hartford anymore. Is Verbeek telling the truth? It sure looks that way. Another here's one story that I love, and I believe it's from that piece as well. Yarmer Yager, one of the most decorated hockey players in history. He's he's had a career that has spanned, you know, that that's included Stanley Cups. It's longer than we've been alive. Lo- literally longer than we've been alive. That's included Stanley Cups, you know, uh, uh, like Art Ross's trophies, trophies, like being a lot a of general unreal personality. Uh, like being like like a lot of highs, let's just say. It hasn't really been a roller coaster. It's mainly been just an ascent up. And Maguire and, and uh, Yarmer Yager lists one of the best moments of his career is when they're like it's it's whalers versus penguins and yarger is 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 skating around the ice and mcguire is just relentlessly chirping him from the bench relentlessly and this is a coach a head coach by the way so that's yeah. weird right off the bat and yarger takes a penalty and mcguire is just giving it to yarger and so Yager seething in the box, gets out, grabs a puck for a breakaway, goes down, scores. And while he's celebrating, points right at Maguire. And Yarmer Yager lists that moment as one of the greatest of his career. Which is so funny. And so we, so no, he, like, Pierre Maguire is so annoying that in a, in potentially one of the most decorated hockey careers ever, Yarmer Yager, po- like, puts at the top of his favorite memories a meaningless breakaway goal in in a regular season game as one of his best moments because he got to dunk on Pierre Maguire. That's how much he was hated in the league. And yet somehow this guy is still getting jobs 20 years later. Okay, so here's one. This is my personal favorite because it goes against the hockey man code, which is why I'm like, how is this man still the talisman of of trumpeteering the the 200 hockey men shtick? Um from the Hartford Current, mm-hmm. okay, essentially, Pierre Maguire says, I was asked by Glenn Sather, the Edmonton general manager, to talk about players that were involved. Um, this was, so basically the Whalers are invest- were investigating the possibility that Maguire breached his contract by providing <laughs> confidential material as part of his testimony. It was used by Maguire... To support Edmonton's case in the in a hearing to decide compensation for Whalers free agent signing Steve Rice. Okay. Oh my god. So essentially he provided confidential, like what is now known as trade secrets, which you're absolutely not allowed to do. Uh, even though it happens all the time in hockey. But you're um, not supposed to do it. <laughs> but you're not supposed to do it, and certainly not publicly like this. Um and so McGuire was fired as coach of the Whalers in May. And he was owed $200,000 for the 94-95 season, which is when it happened. The mm. Sens hired McGuire as a part-time pro scout, and they paid him $10,000, which reduces the Whalers' cost slightly of having to pay out like the rest of his contract. Mm-hmm. But Bettman figured out, like, basically decided that he was in violation and ended up fining him half of that salary. He got fined half his salary for that. Like, for giving out trade secrets. 
incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Just, just incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there should probably exclude you, but I mean, here we are 25 years later, 26 years later, like, I don't know. I think honestly, my big issue here is if this was a PR move, it was a bad one. If this was a hockey move, it was a bad one. Like, there were just so many other options. Like, you just let Chris Phillips walk out because you couldn't keep the Sens Foundation together. That's a bad look. Um, it's It doesn't make sense, and it's... I mean, I can't even say I'm surprised because it's, it's Ottawa, right? But at the same time, like... How I thought they were you- turning a corner, you know? Didn't it seem like they were turning the corner? On the ice, it seemed like they were turning the corner. In the front office, it's always been a mess. And no one has no one has ever thought that Eugene Melnick is turning a corner. That has never been a thought. At least at least there wasn't this much noise. You know, at least during the season, there wasn't any noise right. as we were allowed to look at what was going down on the ice and we were like, "Okay, that's great." And then this offseason comes, and while Sens fans are just trying to enjoy the, you know, like the great finish they had to the season and just like all of the fun that they were going to have next season with their great group of young players, the Sens Foundation thing happens, and then they hire Pierre McGuire. Eugene appears. Exactly. And so it's just like it's, it always does seem like, you know, one step forward, two steps back with the Sens. And this is definitely a step back. Like five. <laughs> This is a step back for sure. Like, I don't know. I just, it's, I could totally see why people are frustrated. Like, it's just one of those things where, to me, like, this does more harm than help. Um, Especially given the qualifications of of so many people out there um, that really do have something to offer and and can actually be of use. My thing here is Pierre Maguire's, a guy that Pierre Dorian's actually going to listen to. And you can hire all those qualified people that, that I'm thinking about, but if you're not going to listen to them, it's kind of useless. So instead, you're going to hire a guy that's completely unfit for the job, and you're going to listen to him. So, mm-hmm. like, I w- if, I'll say this. If the Sens are good in the next few years, it will be in spite of the front office. Yeah, and you look. They probably they probably will be. So it will, it will be, in be spite, because like, like it will be in spite of the front office. Although, they have a good coach. That goaltending situation is a problem. That's true, but they have a good coach, who players really like, seem to buy into. They have a good stable of good young players if they use them and develop them correctly, which is a shame because of who they just hired as the head of their player development. But still, this is a team that could definitely be on the up. Like, who oh, knows? Man, like you look at okay, so you look. Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, Jake Sanderson coming um, in a couple of years. He'll be ready. Up front, Brady Kachuk, probably one of the most coveted forwards in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Tim Stutzla, um, mm-hmm. uh, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. Like They had some players this year um, take some huge strides. Like Josh Norris was absolutely fantastic this year. Stutzler is going to come into his own. Brady Kachuk is goddamn Brady Kachuk. Dadanov like, was a great signing. Like, like yeah, Artem Zub was a fantastic signing. Mm-hmm. Um, like holy hell, even Nikita Zaitsev had a good year, though I wouldn't count on that being sustainable. But the other guys like that I mentioned, the young guys, 
100%. That'll be sustainable. I think Thomas Shabbat will rebound next year. He'll have a better year. So, like, they've got the pieces. Now, is their owner going to allow them to re-sign them? That's one thing. But all the other prospects that are coming? I don't know. Like, I'm not confident that this is not going to get driven into the ground and and players aren't going to want to leave. I'm really not confident. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of Sens fans that do a lot of good work and that actually contribute. You can think about like Manny and Micah, like they're Sens fans. All the Sens had to do was hire them. I guarantee you they're a lot cheaper than Pierre McGuire. Well, Manny's working for the Mariners. And a lot smarter. Right. But what I'm saying is, is they had the opportunity to hire Manny for years. And they didn't. And they didn't. Right? And so... You know why, though? It's one of the... It's because of the salad. <laughs> I mean, probably. But, That's why. like, at the end of the day, like, Manny and Micah and, and, and so many of these people that do... Brandon Mackey, like, so many of these people that do just fantastic stuff um, consistently get passed over because they're not part of the 200 hockey men. And, I mean, it's neither am I. I will never be part of the 200 hockey men because uh, an obvious reason. Um, what is it? Uh, I, I'm not a man. What? I know. Shocking. Excuse me? Yeah. Well, this is news. It's new information. Information. Yep. So that's that. And it's until we get people like Ron Francis, who's running Seattle, um, that think differently, like Judd Brackett in Minnesota. Um, we just aren't. Kyle Dubas is another one that clearly thinks differently. Um, until we get to a stage where those people are the norm and they're not consistently hiring members of their inner circle, we're not going to go anywhere. And, and the sport will be worse off for it. And that's really unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Although... The content will be tremendous, and I can't wait to watch this blow up in their faces. Yeah, but now we don't spectacularly. get to like, hear him say stupid shit. No, I, I'm so glad that we don't. Actually, I was though, just so, I won't miss that. I was so sick of it. It was just so like transparent, and uh, I just, you know what? I'm I'm glad that we don't have to. We don't have to just have a reason to get mad every once in a while now. Like it's just let him say those things in the com- in the confines of the, you know, hollowed out warehouse that the Sens use as their head of hockey ops because they can't afford offices and you know, we'll just leave it at that. It's fine. Also, um if you've stayed this long, I have a fun little thing. Oh, hit me. Um in light of Pierre Maguire saying you can't measure heart and competitiveness and mm. hockey sense and all that stuff. Um the paper about how I would quantify hockey sense or how it can be quantified. Um, I'm aiming to have it released by the end of the summer. Publicly. Look forward, look forward to that. I will be reading that on loop, basically. I am debating, so I have to do the academic version of it. I'm debating writing a non-academic version of it because the jargon, the academic jargon. It's a lot. And like, nobody wants to read through the friggin' citations. Like, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's just like a, an abstract kind of thing. And if people want the academic version, um, they can come to me with it, but I have decided that I am going to make that paper public. Incredible. Well, I can't yeah. wait to see that. Um, we've reached the logical end of the podcast. I'd say Rachel, we have, 
I have finished my drink. Terrific. Seems like we'll be good. You should crack another one once we're done. Um, I will. Rachel, you can follow the podcast on Twitter. Well, why am I telling you this? Listeners, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. The podcast is on iTunes. It is on Spotify. It is on Google Play. It's on any podcatcher you can possibly wrap your brain around. It's there. Um, Buy our merch on Redbubble at redbubble.com slash Staff Graph Shop. And uh, leave us a nice review. We'd love that. And if it's a mean one, at least make it as entertaining as possible so we can laugh at you for being a dork. On that note, Rachel, before we head out and I make some delicious pasta, would you like to leave our listeners with any parting words? Wear a mask, get vaccinated, be kind, stand up to bigotry.